She's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek, and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm Hannah Schuyler, and together we are the, the Doctor Dietitian Collab. And Happy New Year! 2023! That's fireworks, guys. It is fireworks because that is about to be the new year. 2023 is going to be your year. Oh, my gosh. I know. Starting off with a fantastic honeymoon to Italy. Ooh. Going in, in, in January. So Ooh, excited. la, la. When is the date of that? Mid-January. Oh, yeah. fabulous. Fabulous. So, very looking forward to that. Yes. I know. What else are you looking forward to in 2023? Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, so much things. We're going to look at. I don't even know. Yeah. I know. I know. There's so it's, it's so it's it's just, you know, I'm like in next phases of my life. I know. I know. So. You know, I I love a new year. Actually, that this might be my like favorite time. I like the new year holiday. Like it's very like neutral to everything. You know. It is neutral to everything cuz there's no like religious preference there's or cultural no weird, norms. Like American history attached to it. That's true. It's just like a new year it's a new year and everybody celebrates it i always love like watching all the different celebrations from uh-huh. all across the world yeah yeah i'm actually going to australia in the new year what yup like four new years i'm going there no i'm going there in february okay yeah they actually the the australian bariatric surgeons invited me so I'm going, I know. I go. it's, it's for work. I'm very important. You are very important. Oh, my goodness. Well, speaking of very important things. Heck, yeah. Let's, let's get, get back on track. Let's get into it. Oh, my gosh. Without further ado, this, yeah. this four-part series of this medical weight loss, this is the one I think has the most excitement around it. It really does because it is like so – it's like emerging. You know, some of this stuff I know has been around for a little while, but like lately this has been – in the headlines, it's been in the news, it's been like top of mind, there's been new development. And what we're talking about is injectable weight loss medication. Yes, the injectables. And some people, I think, fear like, oh, I don't want to stick myself with a needle for the rest of my life or for how long, the foreseeable yeah. future. And um, this is another one I revealed in the last episode that my husband was on Phentermine. Um, So we talked about the pill episode in episode two here of this four-part series. And he's now currently on one of the injectables, Wagovi. Yeah. And it is going fabulous. Is and it? it's it's I, I mean, that's why I'm so excited to tell all of our patients and all of the potential patients who might be, you know, maybe you didn't have bariatric surgery and you just stumbled upon this podcast um, because we're talking about this super hot topic. And to start us off, do you think Kim Kardashian is taking I thought it was med. one of the sisters. I don't know all their names. Chloe? What? Or I don't I know all their of a names. Sudden, oh my gosh, you guys. I don't know which one is which. Hannah and I are breaking up. This is our oh, first sorry, point guys. of contention. All right, bye. See ya. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't keep up with the Kardashians. I keep up them the mostest. No. I I mean, I did just see like a video of Kim and she was looking like Skinny, yes. but I feel like I heard that it's Chloe is the I one. I think they're that's both rumored. on it, probably both. But that was the first one. Elon Musk is oh. is on Wegovy. Somebody really? asked him. Yeah, I saw. You know, I think this was even before he bought Twitter. But um, on Twitter, he said somebody asked like, "Oh, you're looking so good. How'd you do it?" And he was like, "Fasting." In one tweet, and then the next one was like, "And Wegovy." It's like maybe should have led with that one, bud, because like let's be real about what's causing your weight loss. 
it's the Wego V. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, this, this is a quick side note. And we talk a lot about, you know, surgery and the stigma and around that. And then these, 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 People famous or infamous, maybe in Elon mm-hmm. Musk nowadays with the Twitter scandal and all that. But they have, do you feel like, you know, it's out there. It's it's a, it's a physical thing. You can see it. He struggled with his weight. He's on this medication. Why do you feel like they have a social responsibility to explain to their fans and to the people what use their kind of platform to get it out there? Oh, absolutely. I do. And especially not in, in maybe because I don't, I don't follow him especially like Elon Musk I didn't realize he'd lost weight or anything but the Kardashians in particular because so much of because of their platform is based basically on how they look and a lot of people think that they diet and exercise to look that way and the reality is they don't they have doctors and surgeons that make them look that way and so yes I do think it comes up to them because people are going to try to live up to these unrealistic standards that they are presenting as oh we just you know, I eat my, I shake my salad or whatever. Oh my gosh. Like, so you do watch them I if you know that. Uh, I just like, like all the memes. I'm oh. here for a Kardashian meme. I know. That's the sign of a true friend. I love it when Hannah will send me like a little meme over my way. Oh, yeah. You need to do a it more. Gif. A little gif. Mm-hmm. I love a good gif. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's dive in here and let's talk again just to refresh everyone's med- memory. Who qualifies for medical weight loss? It is anybody whose BMI, again, you can Google BMI calculator, is between 27 and 29.9 with issues or comorbidities related to weight, such as diabetes, sleep apnea, heart disease, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you would qualify. Or if your BMI is greater than 30, you qualify based on your BMI alone. Now, these injectables, again, they're popular amongst the celebrities. They are really popular, I feel like, in our little bariatric community, too. I see a lot of people posting about, it's day seven for me of Monjaro. It is day, you know, 15 for me for Wagovi. And Mm -hmm. you see them kind of um, showing that I'm using this because I was kind of stuck or I was having a little bit of weight regain. Right. And I think, again, I think that's where it comes in to people who are influencing even on a smaller scale to say, look, I'm not doing this. You know, I'm using I'm using another tool. And it, again, kind of destigmatizing bariatric surgery as a tool, destigmatizing weight loss medications as a tool. And also one more thing to always come back to, this is not intended to be medical advice. Yes. If you are having any concerns or want to talk to these, please, please, please talk to your specific provider. They can help guide you. Look for a bariatrician if you don't have somebody that supports you. And uh, in a case of an emergency, always call 911. There you go. She she nailed it there with that. But we're going to tell you a little bit more about um, the pharmacokinetics. I mean, come on. Let's get crazy. Oh, yes. So we're going to start off and we're going to talk about the GLP-1s. GLP-1s, these are medications that have traditionally been used to help with really just with diabetes control. And um, they, the GLP-1, what's it stand for? It stands for glucagon-like peptide. And an agonist essentially means that it will kind of mimic it or it will um, kind of like multiply it. Increase it. it. Increase As opposed to an effects. antagonist, which would 
exactly. limit it. Exactly. Like there's antidotes, there's antagonists, that's the opposite of the effect. And this is like a direct relationship. It will directly increase that level. So glucagon-like peptide, essentially these things um, work in a whole host of different ways in the body. And we're going to kind of break it down. And again, they have traditionally been looking at um, like diabetes type drugs, like again, insulin sensitivity improvement. In other words, it'll improve your blood sugar control. And then they realize that, hmm, if we really put on a higher dose, and it's all about the dosing, we're going to talk a little bit about that, you can get some weight loss. Yeah. So I'm going to start off and talk about GLP-1. And then there's also... Um, some medications that uh, work in, in additional ways to GLP-1, and that's the very, very popular Monjaro. Yes, because that is a GIP antagonist? Yes, so that one... Um, and GLP agonist. Yes, and so it, so it has the GLP-1, and that is what makes it the most, the most efficacious in terms of weight loss that we have ever seen in any weight loss medication. And that one is by um, Lilly. Mm -hmm. So there's different um, drug manufacturers. Yes. I don't know how to say it. And I'm kind of embarrassed by that. So I think it's Monjaro first off. And I think that's the brand name. So so sorry if you're like, that's not how you say it. Can we like write into the Dr. X Dietitian podcast? Like they're getting on my nerves with our mispronunciations of these. But the, the generic of it is Terzepatide? Mm-hmm. How did that sound? Terzepatide? Sounded good to me. Now, um, they have, and if you really want to read it, and actually I would suggest this because in medicine, sort of that the pinnacle of publication and research and all of that is the New England Journal of Medicine. Mm-hmm. And they were published a few months ago. I believe it was like in the early summer when they came out and they, um, Lily had published their results on a very, very, very well done um, study, which was prospective and blinded, and they compared it to the control of a placebo, and they looked at the different doses and how things went out, and it was called the surmount trial, the surmount um, study. And the gist of it, actually, even the name of the study showed that it achieved between a 16 and 22.5% weight loss in adults. I mean, that's wild. That is insane. Yeah. That's insane results. And um, since it's so fairly new, this is something that Wagovi did as well, which is Nova Nordisk is the drug manufacturer there. To kind of get it onto the scene, the these drug manufacturers essentially were like, all right, well, we're going to give out like rebates and coupons. Yeah. Where you can get this medication for like 25 bucks a month. Yeah. And the problem with that actually came down to it was being used off-label. And that um, there is actually, I belong to a lot of, um, this is so dorky, but like there's like support groups for bariatric patients and there's actually support groups for um, bariatrician or obesity medicine physicians. I've been in one for years. That's awesome. It is so awesome. There's over 4,000 physicians or providers in this support group. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, a safe place where they like really vet you. So like if some of you are like, I'm going to try to join one of these and like, let me get this. They'll like really vet you to see if like you should be in there or not. But there is so much information um, shared by these other providers. And it's also in, in episode four, we're going to go there of this four-part series where they give like a lot of tips and tricks about like how do we 
prescribe this? How do we dose this? What's our anecdotal evidence? What's the actual evidence? What is the way that we can navigate the insurance and these rebates and making it so that it's, you know, cost, you know, you're able to do it. cost prohibitive because we're not all Elon Musk. No. He can just pay the $1,600 a month. Why didn't he, instead of buying Twitter... In all seriousness, like, why didn't he, like, wouldn't it be so much better if he, like, helps, like, think about what you could do with how many billions did he buy Twitter for? I have no idea. I mean, crazy. I mean, there's so many things he could have done better than buy Twitter. I know. That's a, that's, that's I'm a... not going to sit and pretend I understand what is going on in Elon Musk's head. Okay. Well, I was hoping he would help us out with some GLP-1 agonists. Yeah, come and, on, and Elon. So the thing about, back to the Monjaro, um, is that a lot of the pharmacies now, because weight loss was an off-label prescription right. for it. It, it still was, is. Yes. And so it's 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 supposed to be a type 2 diabetic medication. Right. And so that part of the evaluation, you'll have a thorough lab workup to see if you have insulin resistance or if you have um, diabetes, which is defined as having a higher glucose or fasting blood sugar level or having a hemoglobin A1C, which is a three-month kind of snapshot, be higher um, than about six, and then you would be able to start the treatment. So if you don't have that official diagnosis, diagnosis, then they're not allowing you to fill the prescription with these saving cards now, which it's, is it's really like getting becoming a real big challenge. Yeah, I know. And not just that, I mean, supply and demand, the yeah. demand for it was so explosive, so fast. I mean, hello, I mean, 22% weight loss yeah. is just insane. It is. So now it's just super frustrating for it the is. patients who are suffering with obesity and um, that were or the ones that got started with it. And now there's not enough supply. And so they're not able to continue it. Right. And so then you also have people who can pay for it out of pocket that are able to just get it, even if maybe they don't technically qualify. You know, they may not actually meet those those standards or they're very much on the low end and don't need that much weight loss. You know, did Kim K really need to lose 16 to 22 percent of her weight? I don't think so. But she you know, did. I like, mean, she's. Yeah. But so let's let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. We're really going all easy. over the place. It's yes. really easy to get into it because it is really frustrating as providers and as, you know, people who um are, are involved in this world when you are seeing those issues. So I think it's really easy for us to start to be like, oh, I'm so annoyed and blah, blah, blah. That's but true. let's back it up. Let's back let's it up. Go let's go back. back so, okay. okay, let's talk about how this works. GLP-1. GLP-1. Let's start there. Let's we're start gonna, there. We're going to raise – so these medications, they are oh, generally a weekly injectable. Exactly. And you're going to – so – and it's like a pen. So it's not like drawing up insulin. You Thank don't you. do needles. It's a pen, and you, like, click the button on the end. Mm-hmm. And so you don't really even see the needle, You don't see honest. it. Nope. It kind of goes in and out, and you don't see it. And it's a very, very small little, little needle that goes right into the subcutaneous tissue. So that's yeah. just the superficial part of your skin. Mm-hmm. So it is an injectable, nothing to fear. It won't hurt. Don't think about like like your days as a child, not wanting to get shots and all of that. Yeah. It's not a big intramuscular by any means. And like, again, these things have been around forever in helping with um, insulin resistance and diabetes. So some of them you may know, um, like Trulicity. Mm-hmm. That is a GLP-1 agonist. Um, you have your um, Ozempic, which is also a weekly injection. Victoza and Sexenda, these are daily injections. And there's some other ones that I actually never really heard of and I really can't even pronounce, but they're all in this same sort of family. And so let's start off with how it helps to really um, get your blood sugar levels going down. So it works in the pancreas. So the pancreas is the organ that helps to, um, it it does, it has beta cells. And these beta cells will actually secrete and make insulin. And so when you eat something that's high in sugar, 
or it needs you know to basically get rid of the blood sugar. Insulin comes onto the scene, and is what will automatically get rid of that. Now, sometimes there is like there's a resistance to your insulin, so you need like more insulin, and then you have your blood sugar levels aren't being taken care of, and so therefore you have this increase, and then you know insulin resistance or diabetes. Yeah, I always like I remember learning about insulin early on, and it's like a key. So like your 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 cells need a key to let the the blood sugar in. And that insulin is the key. And then if they're insulin resistant, it's like your key is like bent. So you need more keys to get in to kind of overcome that. I really, really like that. So it will increase your insulin secretion. And there's the key and it's going to help it with that. Now, it's it helps to decrease glucagon secretion. So that's a good thing because glucagon is sort of like it's it, it, it like gluconeogenesis. In other words, it helps to increase your glucose levels. All right, the dork side out. I think I'm so cool and so fun, but like, I mean, I'm in the biggest. <laughs> I'm in gluconeogenesis. Does everybody know? And then it's weirdly making me want to go back to my like nutrition um, bio bit, like class that I took in college. Like, oh. I want to go back and relearn this stuff, oh, which God, is weird. No. I want graphs right now. I want pictures. Well, we, hey, DrXDietitian.com, my friend, let's let's make these graphics and let's do it in a very, like, very cute, hot pink kind of Dr. X Dietitian way that actually, like, kind of like, covers up that there's a lot of really good information on yeah. there. So, and it also, these beta cells that made the insulin, this GLP-1 actually helps to increase the beta cell survival. So there is this um, – it just helps your body, like, function better. And yeah. that's and that's the key thing is, like, getting rid of your circulating blood glucose levels. Now, in the liver, another very important organ for a whole host of things, but it also is very important in blood sugar regulation. It is uh, causing that this whole thing about decreasing the glucagon secretion and this decreasing of the gluconeogenesis essentially means that there's not going to be an increased production of additional glucose, which is great right? because it also will help to decrease steatosis, which is fatty liver. So fatty liver, I mean, all these things are hand in hand. And this GLP-1 is like the bomb. It's like the jam. Like you want more GLP-1. And the most amazing thing is that after the bariatric surgery – particularly the gastric bypass especially, and even the sleeve, you're going to see a 10-time higher increased rate of GLP-1. Naturally Naturally after that, just by having the surgery. And that's why you see that, like, like oftentimes kind of like resolution of that type 2 diabetes. Exactly. It's almost instantaneous that your body is almost like naturally becoming one of these injectable GLP-1 agonists because mm-hmm. that's what it's doing is GLP-1 is increased tenfold. Right. And that's how you walk out of the hospital after bariatric surgery, again, especially after the gastric bypass, with improved or completely resolved insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes to the point where 98% of our type 2 diabetics are completely off of these medications immediately Wild. after surgery. I mean, like instantaneously. Yeah. It's so wild. And there's so much science as to 
Um, there's so much obesity research and even like in the, in even the metabolic impact of bariatric surgery. When I was at Vanderbilt, there was a whole lab. It was like one of the world's most foremost experts on this whole phenomenon. And they would do gastric bypasses on rats. Oh and we would see like, okay, what's going on here? Like with these hormones, the GLP-1, the insulin, all this stuff. And ultimately, the truth was... Um, Still, after all this, we don't we just don't really know why bariatric surgery. I know I'm getting off topic will help to increase that. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to kind of talk about that because, you know, I think a lot of times people get so concerned about medications because it's like this foreign thing or it's this like lab created thing or it's this. But it's like you're giving yourself more of a hormone that you already naturally produce Mm. similar to, uh, you know, insulin. It's given it's something our bodies produce. We're going to give it more when it needs it. Right. And so I think that's kind of interesting that it's kind of we're showing that these medications can have a similar effect in that uh, that uptake that's something that would happen to your body with surgery as well. Exactly. And so again, if you're somebody that were like, man, I'm a diabetic. Yeah, I know Trulicity all too well. I was constantly weekly giving myself these injections of this stuff and I didn't lose any weight or I did initially, but it didn't really do much. The, the game has changed. The game has changed after surgery in that you naturally now, like you just said, have more GLP-1, and now you're going to add an additional agonist. And so it's going to, I just think, um, multiply or exponentially help the the impact. And I am, and there are some studies that show already this. They already proved that after bariatric surgery, you are more effective with these medications. So that's great news. Yeah. Great news for our patients. And I'm sure like many of you right now are like, how do I get my hands on this medication? This is amazing. So it does some other things too. So actually, even at the muscle level, it will increase your insulin sensitivity. Okay. Even there as well. So your keys work better. Keys are working better. The glucose is being uptick better. It is improving that even at the muscle level. Now, um, how does it help with weight loss? Like, all right, I got it, you guys. Got it. Blood sugar levels down much better for all of that. And some patients still struggle with some level of, you know, insulin resistance or whatnot after mm-hmm. surgery. Now, the intestines and the stomach, so the good old GI tract again, this GLP-1 works to slow the gastric emptying, slow the transit, slow gastrointestinal motility, mm-hmm. which is really great for weight loss. Mm-hmm. But could, that is also a quick side note, some of the potential side effects to this. Constipation. Oh, yeah. Our old friend. Our old friend is back again. Now, not only that, but if something's just sitting in your stomach. So, again, I think this is great. Um, If you listen to the Fentramine and the Pill Talk, I talk a little bit about the pouch reset and the idea that these medications can help, like, give you more satiety, fullness. If things are sitting there in your little thumb-sized pouch or in your little sleeve stomach, you're like, okay, I feel full. I feel satisfied. I'm not hungry. You know, all that appetite suppression. But it can also give you the biggest side effect with this, which is nausea and potentially even vomiting. And so that's something like even metformin these can be really hard to handle because it is, first of all, it's messing with your blood sugar a little bit. 
And if you think about it, all right, like some of us already have some like weird swings in the blood sugar. Sometimes we're really sensitive to this. You might even get some hypo or glow um, blood sugar hypoglycemia, for example. And so that thing sitting there, the slow movement, the constipation, all of those things can make you a little bit nauseous. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, looking at the brain, this is where really, really, finally, finally to answer the question here, is that it will, um, you just are not hungry. You just cannot eat the same amount. Well, and this was, this. I know somebody that's on one of these medications and have had conversations with them. And they said, you know, I always had this like nagging thought in the back mm. of my head about food. You know, and it was like beyond just like, oh, what are we going to have? You know, I need to plan to know what we're going to have for dinner tonight. So I'm thinking about it in that way. But it's like just constantly thinking, okay, what are we going to eat next? And then breakfast tomorrow and then this and then that. And then like, you know, I want to make sure I get everything that I can and whatever. And they started on this medication and they were like that voice just like quieted down. And they were just like, oh, I am not so focused on that anymore. I can still think, plan, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? But it's not, it's not, you know, my, my mind is expand, like just available for other things. Exactly. And, you know, there's also, there's so many different like gut hormones. Mm-hmm. And there's also one that we've talked about before. It's called ghrelin. Mm-hmm. And ghrelin is like that hunger hormone that tells your brain that you're hungry, like you're describing, like to eat more, eat more, eat more, eat more. And um, there is evidence actually that um, this GLP-1 interacts with the ghrelin and leptin. So ghrelin is the one that if it's high, it kind of nagingly sends a brain your signal. So ghrelin is kind of removed when you remove the portion of the stomach that's making the ghrelin with the sleeve or bypassing the portion that's with the, the in the bypass stomach with the gastric bypass. And so by having this, you know, lower ghrelin, higher GLP-1, leptin is another one. This whole combination of all these things actually would induce that satiation, that satisfying, that decrease in those obsessive nagging thoughts, which, oh, that can be, it can just be so much. And getting, from what I understand um, uh, about this, is like getting the insulin levels to the right level, because then you're not actually causing hypoglycemia, like reactive to like an overproduction of insulin, then you end up with this hypoglycemia, and then you feel hungry again because your body is like, mm. I- I'm low blood sugar, I need to eat. And that was something else that was explained to me by somebody, like that it's that kind of roller coaster that you go on, and this helps just to like stabilize that. Oh, that's such a great point, that you're not having these wild swings in glucose, Yeah, which plays such a huge role in... Again, like you just said, like, um, I'm super hungry and then you eat something and it's like that's constant, like constantly snacking, picking, grazing, which we know is not a great way to eat. So you eat something, you're satisfied until the next meal. And it's just it really helps you to stay onto that track and stay compliant. It also works to um, decrease sort of like this reward behavior in your brain. So sometimes, um, you know, there's lots of things that show different people of different sizes, they do MRIs as you're eating and different things. And they can see like when you eat things, like where does the brain light up? And this is showing that those things that like, oh, oh my God, like for me, it's, you know, whatever, like 
ice cream coke. or something. Yeah, I know, back to the cherry coke thing. And that's why I got to stay away from it because it just starts to do that reward behavior. Like mm-hmm. I want that. So I get that feeling. And then you just keep chasing that feeling, that addiction, that in all of that. And so that is also another benefit of GLP-1. Like I'm a huge fan of GLP-1. I can tell. Totally. This is also so interesting to me because, again, we've kind of touched on it in, in all this whole series and just in general that, you know, when we talk about people who struggle with obesity and maybe they have a sibling that doesn't or maybe their partner doesn't and they don't understand, like, why are you always thinking about these things? Why are you? And it's because we have different reward systems in our in our brain and there's different pathways in the brain that, like, you know, you hear people that talk about, like, oh, I don't really care about food. Mm. I don't understand that. Like, to me, I care deeply about food and, you know, it presents in different ways for different people. But I like, you know, when you talk about the brain lighting up and stuff like that, it's like, well, that's why uh, different people struggle with these things when other people don't, you know. And so then when we can kind of trick those or trip those wires or, you know, fix that the issue, it really can help. Oh, yeah. For those people. Totally, 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 totally. Um, so there's also in that we, you know, we talked a little bit about how these things work and there's always the brain and all these things. Let's go back to the side effects, the nausea, the slow increase in dosing. And this is part of the whole supply and demand issue is that um, it's a very slow up, up, up um, titration on this. Oh, yeah. So Starting with, we're going to talk about first about Wegovy, and Wegovy is a medication. It's also known as semaglutide. By the way, this is a quick side note. These are injections, as we've already said. Now there has been um, some talk about compounded semaglutide, but there is um, this is very, 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 very questionable. It violates evidence-based practice. Two to basically you can go to compounding pharmacies oh. and and so essentially semaglutide is it's a patented molecule right and this authentic semaglutide is only available from Nova Nordisk okay they're, they're the one that did that and only they make it and they only they have affirmed and they don't sell that to anybody so this whole compounded pharmacy there's been some buzz on this so I just want to like address okay. this whole thing that people are basically, there's like some questionable manufacturing standards. So essentially, they some other things are proposing that they're synthesizing or they're making this molecule. But um, there's a lot of product-to-product consistency. You don't really know it's against this patent. Um, compounding pharmacies or facilities, um, basically, they can take things and make it into like a cream form or like, you know, right. like I can't swallow this, I need a liquid or what other forms. They're not required to, to actually adhere to certain standards. Oh, interesting. So, um, like pharmaceuticals, but not like compounded products, must maintain substandards so that the finished product is performing as advertised. Like, you know, essentially it's consistent with the published evidence that you take this, 16 to 22% of you would establish this. But um, we need to trust, you know, as a provider, as a clinician, that basically what you're getting is what you're getting. And that's why, um, just so that you know that there is, we feel like it's deceitful to essentially at this point um, go for a compounded semaglutide. So if you've seen that, like, I'm just saying that I wouldn't go there. And um, I just hope that that's helpful to you if you're like, yeah. oh, maybe I can get this. It's sort of like, like you're desperate almost. Like like, off, like a like a knockoff version. It's a knockoff version no. in a different form. Stick that with like knockoff handbags. <laughs> not not your knockoff name. medications. Yeah. 
Exactly. And now, um, ibuprofen, get that one generic. It's fine. <laughs> yes, we can do we can do that. That's yeah. better than this it, is different than a generic. I guess that's the thing. This is not like a this is something that people are doing like and it's sketchy. Exactly. 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 And um, also the way that it comes in terms of sketchy or not sketchy, there's certain like you can get order stuff like you can get stuff from Amazon pharmacy now. I mean, obviously, right. and, and get mail order. And it comes um, it has to come refrigerated or like on some like dry ice, I guess, or like whatever. But if it comes completely frozen, don't use that. Oh, gosh. Yeah, don't use that. So that that can be kind of um, tricky. So if they live in a cold climate and it's already already kind of like on ice to protect it, um, that can be really tough there. Um, but anyway, um, so to go back to the dosing of this, um, looking at month one, weeks one through four, you're only at 0.25 milligrams. And like you've already said, they come in these pens. So it's not like you can take a pill and like cut it in half or anything like that. So the hard thing is that month one is 0.25 milligram injection. Month two for the whole weeks five through eight is 0.5. Then month three is one milligram. Then month four is 1.7. And then finally, month five is 2.4. which is much, much higher for these weight loss dosages are much higher than the dosages for diabetes, actually. So that's kind of like the difference because maybe we've I think we've mentioned it, but like some of these meds that we mentioned already are technically just for diabetes, like and then they're used off label for weight loss. And then like the WeGovi, though, is just a weight loss medication, correct? It's not used for diabetes management. Exactly. So it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same stuff, but the dosing is, the dosing is, 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 is different. the, this is, with to my knowledge, was the first injectable GLP-1 that had the FDA approved. And I think it's still the only one because Manjaro is not it. Manjaro is not FDA approved for weight for loss. For weight loss. Yet, but there's actually they're doing um, clinical trials, phase three clinical oh, trials, yeah. and they're looking for recruits. There so um, yeah, I just saw this online. So I mean, maybe some of you out there can um, call the number and say, uh, yeah. So wait a second here, let me get this stuff straight. You're gonna um, actually give this to me for free, and um, so if you want to, so Eli Lilly is conducting phase three clinical trials and are currently recruiting. You must be age forty or greater. With a BMI of at least 27, of course, with the with the risk right. factors, you can call 877-285-4559 if interested. But note that you may also be in the placebo group. Right. That's the risk you're taking. That is the risk you're line. taking. But if you're like, that's interesting. So um, we'll put that on our, podca- our podcast episode to, to show that as well. So again, um, the problem is with month one, two, three, four, five, you can't divide the doses. There's been a shortage of like, the lower dose. So you can't even right. get started. Or like, oh, we don't have any of the 1.7s at month four. So like, we can't start you if we don't have all five dosages out there. Lined up for you. It is crazy how quickly they have um, really um, kind of like sold out. Well, they have. And then there was a big supply chain issue too. Like, they couldn't manufacture it, I feel like, at some point. So it was like that and it became really popular. And like you said, it's the only FDA approved one. So for insurance companies, like they're not always going to let you, they're not always going to approve things that are off label. Exactly. And, um, and that's tough. And I think that goes back and we'll, we'll talk a lot about this in the next episode to, 
to these providers, not like, I don't even want to play there. Like, I don't know what's FDA approved, what's not FDA approved, and I want to put my patients, I don't want to like prescribe something like the Wagovi is, if it's not covered by insurance, so you're not opting into an anti-obesity medicine coverage on the insurance plan, the Wagovi can be upwards of like 1400 to 1500 bucks a month. Yeah. So that's the hardest thing. It's like, man, this thing is like a miracle drug, but the thing costs so much. It's just, yeah, it's prohibitive. It is, totally. So we talked about the GLP-1, and we, as we've already mentioned this, Monjaro, it's also a GLP-1 receptor agonist. But as you mentioned, it is also a weekly, it has the addition of the GIP, the GIP, and that stands for glucose-dependent insulinotropic polypeptide. Say that three times fast. Yeah, not, not even happening. And so this is essentially, um, so it activates the receptors for both the GIP and the GLP-1, which are just naturally working um, to to even basically the GLP-1 stuff, both of these things, two things together do like the same stuff. So it's really, really good. So this is also a titrated dose. And I'm, I really would suggest that you guys all look at the surmount um, studies results. Um, before you go on a medication, just the more you know, the more you learn about this, probably the better here. But the average weight loss with these different medications versus placebo, this is wild. So five milligrams, which is the very low dose. Right. Average body weight loss, 15%. The 10 milligram was 19.5%. The 15 milligram was 21% compared to the placebo, which was 3%. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. So, I mean, think about, again, like we're looking, if we look at numbers, say you have somebody that's 250 pounds, to lose 20% of your weight, that's 50 pounds. That's incredible. Like, that's, that's insane. That's amazing. It's so amazing. And this is over, does it say the amount of time? Oh, that's remember. a good point. Yeah, I don't know how quickly they achieve this. Um, right. I have, yeah, let's look to see how long they were following these people before um, they drew that com- conclusion yeah. here. And, um, and so they also, uh, this is interesting too. So the amount of people who uh, actually had greater than 25% which is like astronomical, greater than 25% body rate reduction, which again, 200 pounds is, like you said, over 50 pounds here. And um, is uh, for five milligrams, 15% of them. For 10 milligrams was 32%. For 15 milligrams was 36%. Almost, you know, one in in three people, more than that, who were taking 15 milligrams achieved greater than 25% body weight loss compared to only 1.5% of the placebo. Which, yeah. Which is great. And then finally, if you're looking at waist circumference size, which is another big thing. We've talked a lot about how your body distributes the weight and where your fat is stored. If it's more peripheral or in your hips and your thighs, um, or in is it more central, which is the more dangerous type. So waist circumference is a really good marker of metabolic health. Mm-hmm. And of course, that central apple shape, visceral adiposity is the worst. And um, when you look there, um, you'll actually see that there was for the five milligram dose was 14 centimeter weight circumference decrease. Which is five and a half inches. Oh, thank you for looking that yes. up. I was wondering, five and a half inches? That's wild. Yeah. Think about belt sizes. Five and a half inches, we talk about that and that helps a lot. It's 17.7 centimeters for the 10 milligram dose and then 18 and a half centimeters lost in your waist circumference, that dangerous visceral adiposity compared to just a four centimeter loss with the placebo group. So that's like 
seven uh, seven and a little over seven inches versus three centimeters is one inch. Basically. That's crazy. So it's sort of like, all right, these things work really, really well. Now, the thing about this Manjaro in some of the studies is that there are, um, there's no, they didn't really look at the impact on the pancreas. So if you have a history of pancreatitis, they didn't tease that out yet with Manjaro, but that is something that is a relative contraindication with the Wagovi, for example. Like if you are if you have pancreatitis history okay. and inflammation of the pancreas, which could be due to numerous causes. It can be due to excessive alcohol use. It could be due to gallstone pancreatitis. Uh, it could be from um, hypertriglyceridemia, a familial or genetic component to that. So there's a lot of reasons why you could have that. So it's not been studied on those patients yet. Now, there's also some talk about um, thyroid cancer. And so that is um, the ability for, um, there's a certain type. So there's like MEN2 syndrome, where you, if you have that, and that's associated with a certain type of thyroid cancer because of the C cells of the thyroid, then you could actually um, have an increased risk there. Okay. So um, MEN2 thyroid or syndrome, let me look that up. Just make sure I can tell you exactly the type of thyroid. Um, it's medullary thyroid cancer. Okay. It's a very, very rare genetic disorder that affects essentially the endocrine glands, and it can cause tumors in that thyroid gland. And also with that syndrome, there's also involvement in the parathyroid and the adrenal glands. But because of this, these medications, the GLP-1 um, agonistic effect, you could have an increased risk of developing that medullary thyroid cancer. Got it. So it's something that you would... Um, you'd have to be very uh, careful with there. So there's multitudes of physicians that prescribe these meds, and we are going to talk about that in the next episode. Mm -hmm. Finally, finally, we're going to talk about how you can get your paws on some of these things and get going. And, you know, again, we talked mostly on Wegovi and Munjaro, but there's, again, definitely other ones that people are using um, off-label for those. So you may hear some, your doctor may say some different ones. So just know that those are, that's different you know, when we talk about prescribing things, there may be some different routes that doctors are going to take just to get you something. Exactly. And keep your eyes out because like you said, we're getting phase three trials to get this covered for weight loss specific. We're not doing it. The drug companies are doing it. And are all of our um, free time, Hannah, you're not doing phase three clinical trials no. looking at a double-blinded, placebo-controlled, uh, randomized uh, study? I make no money from Eli Lilly. <laughs> oh, my God. You I know. know. The, you would think Novo and Eli Lilly are going to be like, man, again, yeah. we need, this is our second sponsorship to the podcast yeah. here. People would call us names, I think, if we had those as sponsors. I think we're neutral on We're very neutral. We're just trying to tell you a little bit about where they work, the dosing, the potential side effects. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about how you can be diagnosed, be evaluated, and a little bit more about just, um, you know, how do you navigate the the payers, the insurance, your employer, opting into benefits, the unions. There's a lot of ways you can go for it. Yeah. So thank you all so much, as always, for listening. Check us out at drxdietitian.com and on Instagram at drxdietitian. And we, again, are so thankful for you all. And Happy New Year. Yes. We will see you in 2023. Wow. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Happy New Year, my friends. Happy 2023. See you next time. Bye, everyone.